Welcome to The E-Show with Neil Rabin. Founded in 2013, the EHL has become the college placement leader on the East Coast. Sit back and learn more about the next step in your junior hockey career. Welcome to The E-Show, presented by the Penalty Box Foundation. The Foundation's mission centers around their daily motto, we take care of our own as they help out all of those within the hockey community who've experienced a catastrophic event. Learn more at PenaltyBoxFoundation.org. What's up? My name is Neil Raffin, and this is episode number 180 of The E-Show. On this week's episode, we feature the newest team in the Central Division, the Providence Hockey Club. Jake Basile chats with Jeff Perot as he gears up to lead Providence through their inaugural season in the junior ranks. After spending the 22-23 season with the Philadelphia Hockey Club, and previous years in the USPHL, Perot brings a wealth of junior hockey experience to the league's newest program. Jumping into the Central Division, Perot knows the favorite at the top and hopes his team can be the first to knock off the Railers Junior Hockey Club up in Worcester. Hello, E-Show, and welcome into another installment of our Coach's Corner Chat. Today, we are back in the Central Division with Jeff Perot, who is head coach and general manager of Providence Hockey Club. After a year leading Philadelphia Hockey Club into their first year of EHL hockey, he will be tasked with bringing Providence into their first season of junior hockey. Perot has a long history of working in junior hockey, both here and on, on the East Coast and in Colorado. So, Coach, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for having me, Jake. How's it going? It's been, Everything's it's been going pretty, well. Pretty, pretty quick, huh? Yeah. From the end of last season and now we're a month away. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it can come come soon enough. So we'll, we'll start off with the past season and your first in the Eastern Hockey League. Philly Hockey Club comes to the league from the USPHL into the EHL's most competitive division. Overall, how do you think the transition was? Oh, the transition went uh, smoother, I would say, uh, with less resistance than I thought it would have. I was uh, really, really happy and a little bit surprised with the the quality of play on the positive side coming from uh, the, the USPHL previously with some experience uh, on that level, the depth of the league, the amount of guys that we've, that all the uh, teams sent on to NCAA, but the, the depth, the depth of the rosters for sure, and the quality of games and um, everybody beating everybody. I, I like as far as on the developmental side, it's it's nice not playing in games at you know ten nothing and eight nothing. It was everybody beating everybody. It didn't matter if you played a game and it was four one the night before. You're losing two nothing the following night. And I think on a developmental side for the players um, in the league across the board, it's a valuable lesson for them moving on that they can't they can't take nights off when you get to the top of the pyramid and you keep going higher and higher. There's no nights off. There's no days off in practice. There's no nights off in games. You have to play all all three periods every shift because uh, when you took time off, you, you usually great to teach in that locker room. And I think the players bought into it. And like not just on my team and the players that I was able to coach, it was every team. The coaches in the league do a fantastic job. Um, the the quality of the teams from the first line. To first to first line to the fourth line, a lot of lot of teams seem to roll 
roll the lines and you weren't there as a coach just waiting going oh you know here here we go here we go um the quality was just top to bottom i couldn't have been happier with the quality of play in this league well, we're happy to hear that and and you did mention that we're we're less than two months away so we'll, we'll start we'll start off with uh philadelphia's really strong start to the year and how great they looked at the worcester showcase do you think you know, you got your guys were playing with a lot of motivation in terms of being new to the league at that point. Um, no, I, I was I, I I couldn't have been happier with the lineup we had or you know the the roster that we had. We had a lot of good hockey players on that team. Um, I wouldn't even say top to the bot top to bottom. We really didn't have top to bottom because didn't have many scratches. Um, pretty much rolled four lines, and that was that was my. That was always my pitch to my players and the type of team that I wanted to coach. We had four lines that were ready to go at all times. At all times, we started off well, um, you know, all the way through Thanksgiving, and you know, we we lost a player or two that got called up to the tier two level, which was fantastic. I'll never never prohibit or try to deter a player from moving up. Our job is to promote players and move them to the next level if they can. Um, so, you know, we lost a little bit there. And then, unfortunately, and not excuses, we got hit with uh, just some devastating injuries in our lineup, up and down. You are really familiar with our team, and <laughs> there are some games where I had a emergency goal, you know, not an emergency goalie, but I had one of my goalies dress up um, on the bench so we had enough players to get through. And we weren't we weren't short with uh, roster spots. We had plenty of players, but the amount of sickness and injuries that we had up and down that lineup was something as a coach that I never had to deal with. Um, the kids, the kids grinded it out. You know, we just lost a lot of one goal games, some tie games, and it just we really we struggled down. We 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 hobbled over the finish line, and I think. Uh, going off of memory, I think we had a, a three-team uh, tie at the end of the season, all with like, I don't know, whatever, 28 wins or 21 wins, whatever it was. But we had some play-in games, and we, we came up on the short side. And, you know, we, we lost Nolan Woodski, you know, our captain for quite a while um, with some concussion issues. We were without Ethan Burns. I mean, like I said, the list goes on and on. You're familiar with both of those players. Um, leading captain of the team, two of my top leading scorers. And it didn't just, uh, you know, start and end with them. It kept going. So uh, the kids came out. We had quality hockey players on the team. We had some tier two players that decided to stay and uh, play with us in Philadelphia at the time. And we had a good hockey team, and I think everyone knew it. And I would go in any season with those 25 players I had, give or take one or two, any day of the week. It was it was an honor to coach them. And it was uh, one of, yeah, probably the most satisfying year I had as a coach. It, it was fantastic. Philly was a great, great place. Ownership there was great. The rank was great. The facility, um, everything that we had. So no no regrets there and um i'm very excited for what's coming yeah so i do i do want to talk about that transition process for providence because it is different there was there was a junior program with philadelphia so how different has it been 
trying to bring Providence into the junior hockey world? Um, I didn't have the, I don't have the feeder team. Like previously we had in Philadelphia, we had like, as you mentioned, the USPHL, the premier um, team there. So we had some players that um, came that we had a, yeah, a transition to come in. So a little bit of a foundation to build off of. Um, Adam Bartholomew was with me as well, and he was a great asset. And, you know, I think everybody in hockey seems to, to know Adam in in, uh, in this junior, junior world here. Um, he's been around a long time. So, you know, and then with my contacts, whether it was out in BC, um, you know, with Detroit Mix, he's now with Wenatchee and, um, you know, Ryland was with us. Ryland Furster was with us at NCDC. So there, there's plenty of players that we picked out from there um, that I'm using to build our team this year with the uh, relationships we have. A um, few players have decided, you know, I guess they're, you know, not I guess, they're coming coming with me up to Providence, which I'm extremely happy about. Uh, the, the one big difference, I when I, last year, be, being a, I'm a Massachusetts guy, so originally when I took that job, a few people were like, ah, oh, it's in Philly. It's a little bit harder to recruit. I didn't think it would be. Um, I think I was used to more traveling from being an ex-pro ref back in the day and in Colorado covering a little bit more miles on the highways. Um, but the difference of trying to get players from the Northeast to come down to Philly was more difficult than I thought it would be. We had a few players from that area, but all of a sudden being in Providence, the phones and emails have kind of rung off the hook and the emails have come through from quite a lot of players saying, coach, you know, we're excited to come here because it's obviously in Providence. So being say 45 minutes from Boston, you know, an hour within Boston and the border of New Hampshire and Vermont and, Western Mass and even, you know, Southern, you know, Northern New York. Um, but, you know, in the Rhode Island and Connecticut kids were, were right in the heart um, of the league that our travel, our, our travel so minimal, which is nice on the buses where we have so many teams within an hour of us. So that's, I think, a big, um, you know, positive. And obviously to me as a coach, the most important thing uh, for me is college where, for NCAA and, and our D3 schools, which obviously our league focuses on, I know all the coaches take a lot of pride in it. Um, my number one job, besides developing these players playing hockey, is to get them in the college. And we had a lot of success. Every kid, every when I say kid slash player on our team that was an age out, all had NCAA offers in front of them. Um, a couple have chosen to go ACHA in the club route, which is fantastic. As some of us know, you look at these schools like UNLV and some of these big schools out there with, with club, it's a great experience. Um, you know, playing in front of two, 3,000 players, it's some of them. They're traveling on, on planes, and it, it's a pretty pretty good deal, and they get to play a few more games. So I was proud of uh, every kid having the opportunity. Every kid's going to college to play. So being in Providence, um, we're stuffed in between many, many NCAA schools. So that that's a big, big selling point, you know, in our ownership, owning the rink, everything that we have there. Mm. Providence. So my, my second part of that question is, 
do you feel any pressure kind of inaugurating a team into junior hockey? Um, no, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in uh, what we'll do there as a staff. We had a nice uh, core of players that, um, you know, some that are joining me in, in Providence. And then we had some nice um, signings right off the get-go of some solid hockey players, you know, coming from Colorado Thunderbirds out in the Denver area, my relationship with Angelo Ricci and that staff. Um, that's been a nice, nice little ground. Uh, Wenatchee Wild with Troy Mick, um, some of the advisors that I work with, we we were able to sign um, some players right away. So I'm I'm not fairly. I'm I'm confident with the roster that we're going to be going into right away. Getting Nick Hansen back, or you know, coming as our as one of our goalies. I. People that know me, I usually carry for juniors. I'm a two goalie guy. I don't carry three. Um, both my goalies know it where they stand, and they're both going to play, and they're very capable of playing night in and night out. Um, last year, I went with two o fours. The the nice thing about this league is some of the friendships um, that I've formed. But it was it was definitely told to me that. Some of these coaches thought I was nuts going with two old fours and that was fine. But here I am a year later, they did a great job last year. Um, both, both of them, you know, Nick Hansen and Cross Sherman did a fantastic job. So I'm really excited with the two goalies that we have this year with Nick Hansen and Avon coming from uh, Wenatchee wild with, you know, he played with Troy Mick was AP'd with the Wenatchee wild finished the season, you know, he was practicing with on the, um, got a lot of time, a lot of shots up at that level. So I'm confident with the returners that we have coming and um, new players that we signed, a couple local kids in that area. Um, you know, we have a player from Cumberland, kid from Mount St. Charles. So it's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to get going. Um, I don't feel too much pressure. I'm more confident with what we have to offer there and the players we have. Yeah, glad to hear it. And we're going to talk a bit more and a little bit about the players that you have coming from Philadelphia and some other signings. But I just want to talk about your perspective on this past EHL season, being in the South Division, where everybody beat everybody. When you're in a play-in game situation, do you view that as a positive or a negative when anything can happen on any given night? Um, I guess you, you, I don't think any coach likes playing all year and then it come down to a play and, but it is what it is. And that's, that's how it was. So, um, we put ourselves in that position. Um, you know, the, if the ball fell the way that it fell and the, as far as the league play, the division, it was exactly like you said, you know, win one night, lose the next, win one night, lose the next. It was a dog fight all year long. Um, and I think back to what I uh, stated in the beginning of when we, you and I just started speaking here is the best lesson was these players really did understand that there wasn't, there wasn't a night off, uh, beginning of the year when we had some success and had a couple decent, you know, margin of victories, uh, we'd come back the next day and, you know, we got it handed to us one, one way or another. And it was lessons that, you know, my players um, learned right away. So 
the, the South was great, but the, the East, the North divisions, uh, Central's, every game was great. There was no night off. And that's what I truly loved about coaching in this league. Uh, the coaches that um, I get the pleasure of coaching against and teams that we get to play against, um, there was a lot of respect. I've noticed that was probably the biggest thing that I noticed in this league, in the EHL, was the respect amongst the coaches and players. Like, I mean, I didn't know we'd, you know, we'd have a game and coaches would come in and we're having coffee <laughs> while our kids are at warmups and talking about colleges and the state of our league and the game and what's happening and just having, you know, coffee talk, coaches talk with each other. And I think it's it's healthy our league it wasn't um you know there was not that backstabbing and the lack of professionalism without within the league it was just great i have nothing but positive things to say about everybody definitely and you you brought up college earlier and and the the phc guys philadelphia hockey club that is you know had more of an opportunity to play at the college level this year because of the south division having their own game at the ehl all-star college series and your guys combined for three goals in that game against lehigh valley so what was your reaction you know watching from afar as your guys kind of you know stole the show there uh, i wasn't surprised at all <laughs> not, <laughs> not not being arrogant not being Let's go. <laughs> Uh, you know, when you got players that went there, I know we had multiple, there was multiple all-star games and players, you know, went, when, um, you know, they were up north and then down, like you said, down in the Lehigh area. Um, you know, I, off the top of my head, I think Murphy had a goal and I think Woodski and I'm just going off of memory. I know I'm probably, probably wrong, but. Yeah. And Ethan, um, Ethan had the first one. Ethan had the first Yeah. One. Like, I mean, Ethan's just, I mean, look at his look look at his stats and what he's done year in and year out whatever league he's been in um he's just a ethan's just a goal scorer flat out goal scorer i love him to death he knows i love him and uh sure we'd have a we'd have our moments all is, is in fun um but ethan's a goal scorer and uh he there's not a shot that ethan doesn't not like <laughs> he'll take it and he's told to um and i love him for it so um, we we had a lot of success there. Definitely. And so speaking of the, uh, you know, you mentioned how the travel of Providence will kind of be nice for you guys. So this the the South had a lot of inter intra-divisional play last year. So you're going to have a broader schedule this season with Providence. Is that something that you're looking forward to? I am. I, I, I definitely am. Um, it's going to, like a lot of our games that we played last year when we played you know, Valley and the Junior Rangers, um, you know, they, they were just really good hockey games. Vermont, so yeah, I just remember, you know, a bunch of one-goal games, I, you know, it, DiCaprio's team with the Boston Junior Rangers. It was one of the showcases. I think it was 1-1 and, you know, the goal at the end, a minute or so to go. And then, um, you know, we were on the short end. That's, you know, for that game. And then Vermont, you know, Seth's team, but up in Vermont, I feel like that was a 2-1 game. Like, everything was just an absolute dogfight. And, like, I, we, we keep going back to the consistency of the league and not being able to take any shift off. And um, those games are just – that's just evidence of it. You, you had to. And as a coach, I kind of enjoyed looking down. When I say looking down, looking, you know, from behind my players <laughs> – um, their backs and seeing the energy and the exhaustion of them during a game. And it didn't take long for them to get to that point, whether it was the first period 
second period. And like I said, I roll, I roll four lines. Everybody knows it. I tell my players when I recruit, um, you know, I recruit players that can play in this age, that play at this level and that I can trust. And we're rolling four lines. Um, there's probably very, very few, if any, on my roster that didn't get uh, multiple opportunities on special teams. Um, I like to give give everyone that opportunity to see what they can and can't do. I don't, I don't, um, you know, I don't know what they did the previous year. I don't know the previous coaches and the who's, you know, who, what, when, where, why. Um, so when I get my players and we start, we start and I, I get to see them in all situations and give them that opportunity to succeed or to not succeed and not be on those special teams. It's all, <laughs> it's all on the player, but they're going to get their opportunity. Um, so it, it was great. And speaking of the Central Division, your you know, other Rhode Island team, HC Rhode Island, will be in it with you guys. So were you anticipating some battles of Rhode Island this year? I would certainly hope so. I know my ownership is, <laughs> and I say that with, with all fun. Uh, one, one thing that's really exciting for us at Providence, um, you know, basically I, I talk with uh, Matt Smith, my boss. Um, they've been over, over the top. Um, gracious with the way they brought me in. Um, the facilities that they're giving us, our locker rooms, you know, used to be Providence Bruins and the AHL were out of that rank and Bryant College. So we have all brand new locker rooms, wash machines. The rink is absolutely spotless. Um, Rick runs the rink there. Um, they were, what I was really happy about is I think they brought this team and not, I think, but they brought this team in and it, it enhances their tier one program there. So we're the only junior team in that rank, which is nice. I don't have to share with the NA or the, you know what I mean? Any other team, like there's one team and it enhances their product for their kids in their tier one program um, that look up and hopefully they want to play in the EHL. And with that being said, I think they gave us 12, 13, um, premium games on a Friday, Saturday night showcase games, which is, um, you know, I think it enhances the junior experience. We all know why we have, you know, our league has a lot of uh, weekday, midday games for multiple reasons. It allows, you know, the players that they choose when I send. So, with that being said, I know we're going to have a lot of, um, you know, promotional nights. You know, my ownership talked about doing, you know, free pizza night, free hot dog night for the youth team, skate with the players. But it's nice for my players to be able to come on a Friday, Saturday night with the 730 puck drop. I'm pretty sure we'll be playing Rhode Island Hockey Club on one of them as, as well as many others. So, yeah, I would think us being down the street 10, 15 minutes from each other. Um, there's going to be maybe a little extra juice flying or flowing. I'm not sure, but we'll be looking forward to it. We'll be ready and it will be, uh, healthy for, I think healthy for both Rhode Island and, you know, Providence and the surrounding areas. Yeah. So absolutely. And, and the, from the EHL, we've gone from zero Rhode Island teams to two in just two seasons. So, you know, how much are you looking forward to being part of sort of this growth in hockey in that area? I'm, I'm ecstatic. I, I absolutely, uh, I couldn't be more happier to have this opportunity. 
like I said, I grew up in Western Massachusetts. Uh, I'm going on 50 years old this October. So I feel younger, but I can't, I still look in the mirror. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be 50. Um, so I, I am very excited because, uh, uh, you know, a few opportunities, one, or a few reasons, you know, being from Western Mass, hockey took me um, out West uh, when, you know, when I played and then also in the officiating world. Um, then it took me back East towards, uh, you know, not towards, but in the Philly area, actually, you know, South Jersey, uh, the Sewell area where Philadelphia hockey club was. Um, I went to college first couple of years. I went to Dean college, which was in Franklin mass, which is, I think, you know, don't hold me to it, but I think about 10 miles or so from where our hockey rink is located and our, uh, the Providence hockey, you know, Providence hockey club is located. And so I have some friends there. My son goes to UMass Dartmouth. He graduated, but he gets to go back. He's going to get his MBA and he plays hockey there. So I'm going to be able to see more than two or three games of his last his last season, I have some good, uh, a lot of friendships that I cherish in that area, um, you know, family, friends, and hockey's just grown so much. It's, you know, when I grew up, it was, uh, you know, when I say a Boston thing, yeah, we had Western Mass, we had some pretty good hockey players, but the abundance of players were coming out of that Boston metro suburb area. And now it's just as we've seen throughout the entire country. Um, like I said, I ended up in Denver in 98 and, the avalanche came all at the same time from Quebec and it just exploded from there to Dallas, to Arizona, California, it, it's everywhere. So I think the numbers have just pushed down even stronger into the Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey markets, Pennsylvania. There's more, there's just more players. So I think it's an easy, uh, an easy fit an easy, it has grown there. And um, our ownership is now given the kids, um, in our area, the opportunity to move right into junior hockey in their own building and surrounding buildings. So I think it's a great thing. Definitely. So now is the time we'll talk about some of the players that you guys have for the upcoming season. And we'll start with the guy who's going to be your captain, Matt Frett, who's coming over from Philadelphia Hockey Club to Providence. So, you know, what did he show you this past season, you know, that he's ready to take on the role of captain? Um, Matt, uh, Mr. Fret is a complete 200 foot player. Yeah. Me of it. Um, just 200 feet up and down the ice does all the little things. I was uh, lucky to watch him play the previous year. Uh, he played for uh, Troy Mac. Um, some people know Troy, some don't, you know, he was a legend in the Western hockey league drafted by Pittsburgh. Um, he then, you know, I don't have to go through. You know, everything his what he's accomplished in the WHL, BCHL. Um, then he was the GM of our NCDC team in Philadelphia. He was coaching the U18 AAA team or Tier 1 team. And then uh, when Matt um, decided to play in Philadelphia last year, uh, Troy called me up and he said he's going to be one of your favorite players. He does all the little things right um, and plays 200 feet. He's an ultimate team guy. He's phenomenal in the locker room. So on and off the ice, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Last year, I was spoiled. Um, Nolan Woodski was my captain. Another player, ironically, that um, came to me via Troy. He was a BC Alberta player. 
Uh, played in the AJ, a little bit in the BCHL, had some import um, issues or something that I don't know the details, but I was lucky he fell on on my hands um, in Philadelphia, and he was our captain this year. I spoke to him about a few individuals. Um, we have a very close relationship, and after speaking with him, he's like, oh, no, coach, you know. Matt, you know, for his reasonings and what we do, that's between us. But after a couple conversations, I knew uh, 100% what I was going to do. And I don't waste time. Uh, I take a lot of pride. I won't get in the reasons why, but I don't feel like I play any head games with my players. It's a reason why I take two goalies. Um, and if I know what I'm, if I'm going to do something, I just do it. And players that have already signed with us in Providence, yeah, I have a team, uh, what do you, you know, a team chat, whatever they do, I tell them, hey, guys, this is my communication to you. <laughs> it's not going back and forth and uh, throwing jokes around and they know and it. Um, but all my players that have signed, um, they're already a part of their team chat with each other. And um, we already announced that Matt will be our captain this year wearing the C. And I just like it in the offseason for me and the players. I think um, the, the least least amount of obstacles for when we um, hit the ice September 4th or 1st, whatever day we're, we're doing it, I think it was September 4th off the top of my head. Um, we just go right in the practice. My players that I sign, they come, they play. I'm not really, I'm not cutting them. I'm not doing training camps. We show up and we go. And we have 11, 12 days to get ready for puck drop. And uh, that's what we do. So I'm ecstatic about what I'm going to get um, with Mr. Fret. And I think you guys will enjoy him too. Totally. And another guy that you know, I got to know a little bit last year was Nick Hansen. We talked about your interesting goalie situation, having the O4s, and obviously Nick will be back. So you, what are you expecting from him in year two? Um, uh, more of what I received from him and got from him this year. And, and then, and then some, he, uh, Nick came from, he was a product of the Colorado Thunderbirds before he came to us in juniors. Uh, a few years ago, he played, I believe in the national championship game with their U18 team. He's, uh, just stoic. Uh, it was funny the beginning of the year. He just came, he was just quiet. He showed up. An old goalie coach that I knew out in Denver told me when you look at him, it looks like he doesn't have a, a heart rate or a pulse. He's just stoic in that, not, not really highs and lows. And he started out here for a couple months, and then he ended up being probably one of the funniest players that I um, was able to see in the locker room. I'm like, where'd this kid come from? So we had a great talk um, when he decided to come to Providence. Um, he's just, just a solid young man, gentleman. He knows exactly where he wants to go, what he wants to do for college. And he's seen very comfortable with, I think for some goalies, they know exactly what they're going to get. Two goalies, they know what they're going to get. They're coming in, there's two and they're playing. And so some other guys from Philadelphia will be Thomas Paravalotis, Jason Bernard and Daglin Kelly, as well as potentially some others. So, Early on in the season, how much are you expecting that level of familiarity to be an asset? Um, I think it's already paying off because, like I said, these kids already are connected with some of the new players that are coming in, um, whether they can't, they're they coming from juniors or coming from 
the tier one, the AAA ranks or, or high school or prep school. They're all talking. I'm sure they relay information on what they, how I, how, how I operate and what I expect. Um, you know, and some of those individuals, they're, they're, they're more than core guys. I, I always get, you know, a lot of, a lot of people go, oh, you're, you're a core guy. You're a core guy. Well, what's a core guy? You know, like I have core guys on my special teams. I got core guys, you know, whether it's PK, power play, um, you know, killing the game. There's, there's all different aspects of core. Um, so all my guys are, are, um, they, they can be put in any situation. Thomas, um, he, you know, had a good hockey background. He moved up and down the lineup. He was on power play. He was on PK, you know, then he had core, like whatever you want to say it. Uh, we had, we had a great relationship. I can put him anywhere. Uh, Daglin Kelly, he was, he was, uh, nice. He was called up. He came from, um, coach, you know, Adam's team from the AAA ranks and he fit right into the juniors. I think he plays with an edge. I know he plays with an edge. Um, and the you know, guys around him though, he plays. So he's, he's funny, brings a lot of energy. Uh, uh, but we, we have a great relationship. He, he can throw the body around. He can throw the goal, you know, put the puck in the net. He's usually first on that four check back checks really hard. Um, he's great. Jason Menard, uh, he was, uh, interesting when I say interesting, I don't mean that disrespectfully. He came in as a four last year, came from, uh, the Nordiques program the previous year, kind of, a uh, little bit had a little bit of time finding his way. Um, and we, you know, we ended up, you know, through some trials and tribulations, I think, again, had a nice special relationship with him. And when we got decimated with injuries last year, next thing I knew, um, he was playing D and all of a sudden I was watching him. I'm like, man, he's pretty good at D. And the next thing I have some of my players turning around going, Hey coach, Jason's, uh, pretty rock solid at D <laughs> and next thing uh, he's a defenseman and we're, we're talking in ex exit um, meetings this year and off season. And next thing he wanted to, you know, come play in Providence and he's going to be a full-time D and I'm expecting top minutes from him. It, it was kind of refreshing. I think being a forward, at least in his situation, he was a forward and he got thrown on D because of the situation. And next thing, He's retrieving and moving that puck up quicker than anybody. Um, maybe it had something to do with being a forward. However, um, it worked out. But I'm excited to see what he does. And it's fun to watch the game and a player, how certain situations, and we see it all the time in sports and in life, but how one opportunity, you know, goes away from somebody and it creates another opportunity. And next thing I have a forward that was, you know, struggling a little bit, just more confidence. Um, he had all the tools and next thing he was playing, I, when he was put on D, he had to play with a lot more urgency because all of a sudden you're retrieving and you got one, two guys bearing down on you. You have no choice but to move the puck. And all of a sudden, maybe it, it simplified the game for him as, as ironic or as crazy as that sounds, but I'm excited. Like I have him slated to come in and he's going to play big minutes right off the get-go. He's he's a senior on the team, and I expect nothing but positive results for, for Jason. And the last player from the Philadelphia Hockey Organization I want to talk about is Liam Crowley, who 
was yep. an 18s player last year, making the jump to junior hockey this this season. So can you give us a little inside scoop on what you expect from him as a guy making the transition to junior hockey? Yeah, he he played real solid for for Adam down there. Uh, pretty thick kid, and I mean thick as far as strong. He's got a heavy shot, plays really solid, holds the blue line well. Um, he he spent some time on us at the ice for practices last year. Um, great kid. I think, you know, again, I got lucky because Boston boy, Boston Metro kid, Providence was closer and he ended up coming to me. So that was, that was just a bonus on him. So he's going to come in. Like I said, my players come in, they play, they all play some serious minutes. So um, I expect him after practices, he was coached well last year um, with Adam. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, he's going to, I think Adam will do a great job in Philadelphia. Obviously, um, he was a part of the staff. We were on practices, all our practices together. And, um, so I know I'm getting a good hockey player and a, a player that was coached well. So I think he's gonna, uh, Liam will have a great future. And the last player we'll talk about is Joshua Coderre a rookie for this upcoming season. He's a Colorado guy, place where you spent a lot of time. So is it safe to say that you maintained your relationships in that area? Well, I've, I've tried. I take some pride in it. Um, you know, I talked to Josh's uh, coaches last year. Like I said, I've been, I've been uh, blessed with some quality relationships out there. Uh, I guess in the hockey world and just in life, it's, I talked to it about, I talk about it with uh, a lot of my friends and and family. I've just, like I said, my the network. I've I've just been lucky over the years of playing, um, definitely officiating. I tell everyone, yeah, I, I learned more about the game. I think of hockey, officiating, pro and college hockey, um, and then coaching. <laughs> um, so Angelo Ricci, who is one of the owners, you know, of uh, the Colorado Thunderbirds. Somehow life, you know, we were, we knew each other there and I, I coached some teams for him. And next thing I'm in Philly and he's a coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. And <laughs> so we, we spend a lot of time together and um, I still talk with a lot of the coaches there with the Colorado Thunderbirds. Uh, you know, you got the Rough Riders, the Rampage, uh, the hockey there is fantastic. And when a coach calls me up going, hey, you may want to look at this Josh player, da, da, da. One thing led to another, and I know exactly what I'm going to get, what I'm getting. If you come from a program like Colorado Thunderbirds, who's playing elite tier one and playing the best schedules in the country, you know, with the Shattucks and the Chicago Missions and on and um, on and on, I know exactly what I'm getting for a player. I mean, it's I'm getting a player that's been coached up and down the ice, and he's traveled around the country, traveled around North America, and is prepared to play high-end hockey. And those players, nine out of 10 times, their goal is to go to college. So I know exactly what I'm getting. Yep. And so for this upcoming season, working with, you'll have obviously the youth teams of Providence somewhat alongside you guys. So what do you envision as the relationship between the youth programs and the junior team, you know, either on the ice developmentally or even just, you know, being there for each other support wise? Well, it's going to be nice. I think where it enhances the program is now there is a elite team. You know, uh, when I mean elite, I'm saying at the junior level in the building for these players 
um, of, of younger age that are coming up from the system. I think a lot of parents slash players all think it's an easy jump. Oh, I'm going to play here and then I'm going to the USHL. I'm going to the NA. It's, it's, not, it's not that easy. The EHL is a top, top league in North America. Top three, top four by far. Numbers prove it. Numbers of kids committed to college. It, it's the proof in the pudding there. So I think a lot of these parents and players, and like, again, I know I've said it a couple of times today, not, I, I'm not saying it in a negative way at all, but it's a lot easier to say things than when you actually see 25 players out there and what the intensity of those practices are and the size, speed, and strength, the difference between a midget AAA game as opposed to what the quality of that product is on the EHL level. Um, and that goes all the way into college on how difficult it's, it's, it blows my mind how often I talk to players and parents where they're like, oh, yeah, coach, I'm doing this. If I don't go D1, I'm going D3. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, they think it's that easy. And it's not. I think, uh, you know, don't hold me to it exactly, but I feel like I saw it. Uh, well, not a feel. I know I saw some stat this past year that it was like 1.7% of players going to D3 in the Northeast. Well, that's that's not a lot of spots, especially when we came out of COVID and you have players that are getting extra years of, you know, and I had, I had a few players this year that played for me. Oh, coach, I'm, I'm going to go D3. And I think they thought that they'd have 12 offers. Well, we're scrambling and finding um, tooth and nail for getting a one-off and good offers. I'm talking quality, obviously in the Northeast, you, you see the schools that are there, Plymouth, you know, the UMass Boston, the Plymouth State, the UMass Dartmouth, you know, on and on quality hockey teams. There's not a lot of spots there. I'm talking to teams that struggled in D3 that may have had two, three, four wins for the season that were bringing on two to three players. Total. Well, <laughs> All of a sudden, kids' reality really kicked in, and some of them, you know, they were shaking a little bit, wondering, "Am I gonna get? Am I gonna go to school? Am I gonna go to school?" They did, but you know, the the jump from level to level is big. At every level you go, it's another step or two faster, step or two, you know, a couple inches bigger, a little bit stronger, you know, bigger, stronger, faster, and the IQ. And so something that, you know, kind of touches on that whole college opportunity thing is your team is going to be offering broadcast opportunities with, you know, one of your alma maters in Dean College. So how are you guys going to try to emphasize making, you know, career and life progress, even while these guys are kind of putting things on hold playing junior hockey? Um, like I, well, to touch back what I said, my number one, my job besides obviously representing my ownership in the community with professionalism, developing these players um, to get to the next level for college is just that, college. Opening the doors, giving them the opportunity. Um, I will be trying to also set up a game with uh, one of the colleges. We already have two preseason games, and I'm in talks with getting a game against a local college as well for preseason. So right away, that one shows the players the quality of that hockey, um, which is fantastic. Two, being it being in the community and being in Providence, surrounded by the colleges. I, I sit down with them in the beginning of the year. 
right off the get-go. I start with my, uh, you know, my seniors, my age out um, first, because they're the ones that are going to college right away. We sit down, we discuss what their goals are for school, what they want to study, what region of the country they want to be in. We'll come up with a list and then um, I go right, right to work, call it, calling the, um, the colleges and dealing with the coaches from those schools saying I have player A, B, and C, this may be a fit, you know, take a look at them. The one, the one thing that was over, you know, so surprising to me um, that I was ecstatic. The one thing the EHL did, I mean, in your team, your team on your social media and your advertising, you guys do an awesome job. Like you're at every, every showcase, you're everything that you do, you know, you guys deserve all the recognition because you, you do a great job. Thank you. And um, with that first showcase, I noticed right away, game one, I had four, five, six colleges coming for my guys. Like right after game one at our first showcase, you know, schools like Tufts, schools like UMass Dartmouth, like right away. And my guys are like, oh, oh, I just got and it. That, it was nice. Because now they saw, because some of them played in previous leagues where you didn't get it. Not that the leagues were a lower level or a higher level. Some were, some weren't. But they're like, wow, coach, it's game one. And I got talked to by A, B, and C. And little, you know, Johnny got pulled out. Ben got pulled out. Though that's real because now it's like, oh, okay, there's no BS here. It's game one. And I got colleges watching me. Oh, great, because now you got 47 more games to go, right? So as a coach and a player, now it's real. Yeah. And I think that's a nice little jolt when, when the players realize, wow, Tufts pulled me out, the coach pulled me out, and he's going to watch me tomorrow. And then they start with the communication. That, that Now the player knows there is no – back to what we started off with this, this interview is uh, back to there's no days off. I got to go every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm going to put you on the spot for this last question, coach. Is there anything that you learned in year one that you're bringing with you for year two? Uh, well, it's what I've learned and what I'm bringing with me is what I'm recruiting right now. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, it, it, we got, um, I don't, I don't want to say the league was heavier than I thought we were the one thing when you're at our level, I hate saying, I, I personally can't stand saying tier three, right? I know when I talk to Neil and everyone, his, I feel like, I feel like you could truly take our league and play many teams in the NCDC. And I would love to play teams in the NCDC and see how we matched up. I know all his coaches talk about it. I know you would love to see it because <laughs> there's some good hockey teams in our league and there's good teams in that league as well. Um, I had a, I was with them a little bit during the COVID year down in Tampa, but just because, uh, I don't know, some players, they, they pay some money. Also, a lot of these tier two, tier two leagues, kids are paying money too. They're paying their carding up in Canada. They pay $1,000 sometimes for billet fees. And, uh, at, you know, equipment packages, there's some really good hockey players in, a, in, a, in our league. Um, but back to when you recruit, we don't have the right, like we're not tuition free. 
So a little bit of all of us, I think the GMs and coaches that I work with, we kind of have to work with kind of what we end up recruiting and how we get. And last year, we were fortunate uh, in Philly. I thought we had a very skilled team, very skilled team. And I think if you asked any of my players, the one thing I got got on them, it seemed that, you know, when it got a little tough, they became a perimeter team real quick. And I'll, I told everyone, it was kind of joking, but boy, we, you, you, how many games of ours did you watch, right? We had a lot of pretty goals on that team. <laughs> we were skilled and we had some highlight goals and a lot of them, but we didn't have enough blue collar. Um, me, myself being from Western Mass, and I think the area we're going and some of these players we got, Buscande from Mount St. Charles and Paravalotas, they, you know, these kids play. Daglin Kelly. So I'm bringing some more. I'm hoping to, but I'm, I'm bringing some more grit to the table this year. We're going to, we're going to be a little bit more in your face. Um, you know, kind of the region I'm from that. That's what I'm hoping for. Awesome. We will. We can't wait to see it. And I'll definitely be seeing more of you because you're in the central division, just like me. So it'll be great to see you. And uh, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you for everything. And uh, we'll see you in a few weeks, but yeah, not much longer. Take care. Chris. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to The E! Show. Learn more at easternhockeyleague.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, be sure to subscribe and get notified when next week's podcast is released.